We have five <laughs> listeners a month. They're not gonna find out. I could say some shit, okay? I could I could just start turning this into a gossip like Macy's gossip corner where I just start talking. I just start saying stuff about people in my life and none of them will ever find out. None of yeah. them. Yeah. No one's listening we're to this. We're confessing the murder on this podcast and yeah. no repercussions so far. <laughs> literally, lit, literally, 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 literally. Um, I will say in regards to confessing to murder. So I just, um, and in a little bit, th- this could, I guess, lead straight away into our little like corner of what have, what have you been into lately that we did last week, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I finished reading. Um, oh my god, what is the name of that book? <laughs> I I literally finished it yesterday. John, was it? Oh, okay. Oh my god, I you read. Had to ask, you had to call a friend for that one. Phone no, a friend. I, it came to me. It came to me. Okay. Um. So I famously love cannibalism and cannibalism storylines and cannibalism as a metaphor like that's just my thing i like it and so i read um certain hunger which i am late to the party for this book didn't like just come out like it there's a lot of books to read it i took my time i read and finished a certain hunger yesterday and uh which i highly recommend i loved it it was a macy book like okay uh, the main main character is very like uh amy from gone girl vibes like <laughs> femcel you know like that type of bitch like a girl that's like i'm better than everyone and everyone hates me and that's fine i get it and i'm like yes i like that okay and macy's um, like hmm self-reflection interesting <laughs> solidarity okay solidarity um, sister <laughs> hey i see you i hear you i stand with you and <laughs> women so, supporting women I I don't want to spoil it for everyone because I loved it and I want all the other girlies to read it because it's very fun and such. Um, but there's a there's like a particular part in it where um it involves like her best friend and this um idea that maybe her best friend like tattled on her to the police. Hmm, did she? And it's like she's going through hmm. her mind. She's like, oh my god, god did she do it did she go i want you to know i would never go to the police on you i want you to know that that like i love you and you could come to me and confess to murder and i'd probably be like okay okay let's not do that again yeah but we'll, like, keep it, I'm not, we'll keep it between us like not that's necessarily fine. support but like yeah. what was the reason not, like encouraging i'm gonna be honest like you could have no reason i'm shelby (laughs) you in particular you could have no reason you could be like oh my god like i think i'm a psychopath and i so i killed this person you know it isn't that crazy isn't it crazy i killed this person and then i burnt their house down i thought all the evidence was gone but now i'm getting questioned by the police and you told me that i'd be like (laughs) all right i think I think you get one and this is your one. Yeah. Like if this becomes a pattern and not even a pattern of you doing it, but a like you get one 
tell me. And then after that, I'll be like, I cannot hold a plethora of murder secrets, but I will hold one. Yeah. <laughs> so just like if you're going to keep doing it, that is none of us. Just keep it. And just like, yeah, yeah, just keep it. Yeah. I think yeah. I wouldn't tattle one? on you either. Like you could come to me and you'd be like, I murdered somebody. And like, I don't think I think you wouldn't tattle on me because a you love me and B, you're good at keeping secrets. I wouldn't tattle on you because I'm forgetful. You would come to me and you'd be like, I murdered somebody. And I'd be like, Macy's having one of those days. And then I'd go to sleep and the next morning it would be erased from my brain. (laughs) Well, I also feel like you wouldn't take me seriously. Like I speak, I tend to speak in, um, in the dramatics, yes. I would dare Grandiose say. Terms. And so, yeah. yeah, I feel like I would come to you in earnest and I would tell you this and you would probably be like, man, she probably just took her coworker in the back to have a little talk anyways. And like anyways. you would just move on. <laughs> even though, I'd be oh, like, like, I probably wasn't even that no, bad. Be, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm literally telling you like, Shelby, it was an ice pick. I used an ice pick. And you'd be like, God, yeah, the ice, the ice. She slept on no, the I ice. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, yeah. Like in my yeah, metaphorical like, internal in my life, metaphor- I have ice picks as well. Like, <laughs> not, not me with my metaphorical closet full of ice picks. <laughs> yes, I too have people I would like to ice pick. Now, why are we talking about this? <laughs> Okay, we've talked about this already. I get it. You want oh, to do God. it. Moving on. Moving on. You know I just what? wanted you to know that. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, awesome. Yeah. I I appreciate that. I haven't done it yet, but like I'll keep okay. you updated. I went to um, I did a little hot girl walk to the to the graveyard today. To the Catholic cemetery near me. Yes. Um, yeah. Those bitches, the Catholics, they know how to do it. I love it. They know it. how to make a fucking mausoleum. It's crazy. It. Um, Listen, <laughs> I am a Protestant girl to my core. I'm a Lutheran girly. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. We okay. do not know how to do graveyards. Mm-hmm. It's the Nathaniel Hawthorne. Yeah. It's the. <laughs> It's like, the Stark. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's that it's too modest. It's too modest. Yes, it's too modest, exactly. It's too it's modest. too Puritan. And Catholics, mm-hmm. they just fucking love they love gold leaf and they love carving things and they love putting mm-hmm. up like Greek pillars for some reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wow, I love it. It's great. I okay. Two things many things happen to me in this graveyard. It's like really big. Okay. Um and Take it's pretty close to my house. Yeah. Um, it was closed for like a year because they were redoing the whole entranceway. And so today I was like, okay, I'm fine. I'm finally gonna like do it. I'm gonna go in. It's been closed for so long. It's been like reopened for a couple of months. So I was like, today's the day. We're doing it. So mm-hmm. I walk over there. I'm also like, sorry, this is like unrelated, but I'm having like one of those days where I'm just like kind of out of sync with the world. Like, 
every time I walk, like the person behind me is like walking slightly faster and like, mm-hmm, but I'm walking mm-hmm. slightly faster than the person had a meet. Like, you know, those days where you're just like always in yeah. somebody's way and you're like, literally how there's yeah. like three people on the street this, and like, yeah, like the simulation is a glitch in the simulation. Something, <laughs> something's not right. Yeah, something's not right. Like, I just haven't, I'm just like out of pace. I don't know what happened. Like, oops, I missed a step. Like, when I was getting out of bed this morning and I, I never caught it back up. Anyway, so I'm going to the graveyard. I'm in, somehow in everybody's way in this enormous graveyard where there's only like six people in it. Somehow I'm in everybody's fucking way. Um, but I'm like walking along, just having a nice time listening to my little audiobook. I'm currently listening to Walden by Henry David Thoreau. Yes. Yes. Which, by the way, is incredible. Please, please it's listen good. or read to it. It's so good. It's good. Um, and he's like talking about how old people have fucking miserable lives or whatever. And I'm like, tee hee hee hee, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I see um, what is either a very large fox or a very small wolf. Um, uh-huh. Like a wild animal in the Like a graveyard. coyote? I guess like a coyote. It was sort of reddish, but bigger than a fox, but smaller than a, than a wolf. I guess it's a coyote. That's a coyote, yeah. I, I would dare say. Yeah. Wow. I'll send you the video later for confirmation. But there was like a bunch of them hanging around in the graveyard. Okay. And that was awesome. And I walked a little further and I realized there's a pond in this graveyard and it's surrounded by these like gorgeous mausoleums. So then I went on a, like a little wander around the pond and all of these like big pillared mausoleums uh-huh. and stuff th- that's it and then i turn around and walked incredible. it was so nice that sounds, that sounds so nice i love I that floored. for you. i was floored because i had no I idea it. there was a pond in there i was just like walking along and i was like is that water What's happening? <laughs> Did someone spill something? What is that? Spill something? I was like, uh, are we allowed to like do ponds near graves? Because I feel like yeah. soil erosion. I don't know. If it's a man-made pond, then it's yeah. probably like the cement. There's they, something. They understand what's going on. Yeah. yeah. There um, are engineers. It's really beautiful. Yeah. That's all I had to say. I walked home. Um, yeah, just just been a vibing kind of day. Haven't killed anyone. Saw saw a bunch of coyotes. I love it. You're living. You're li- literally living like my dream. I think. I mean, which is today, basically, it's any day that anyone has a day off from work yeah. is when I'm like, God, you're living dream. That's incredible. <laughs> The other like thing you, I did today, like the one other layer of contextual flavor to this is before I went to the graveyard, I woke up at like 730 and immediately started watching for no reason. Elvis, the, the Baz Luhrmann film. <laughs> OK, thoughts. I have not seen it yet, so don't spoil me on the life of Elvis. OK, I'm not going to spoil <laughs> the life of Elvis oh. for you. <laughs> not that. Um, I, so like, did you like it? I didn't vibe with it. It. Oh, my God. Okay. Austin Butler was fucking incredible. Every time he was on screen, I was like, yes. Every time Tom Hanks was on screen, I was like, no, no. Get him off. That's, 
that's kind of what I remember being the main conversation during like award season last year uh, was basically mm. like Austin Butler, Elvis as a whole. Sure, it's a Baz Luhrmann movie. It's what you get. And then Tom Hanks is bad. <laughs> like Tom Hanks was that's, literally that's, bad. I, I yeah. have never seen a film in which Tom Hanks was this bad. Um, I mean, not that he did not commit. Like he fucking fully committed to the character. It's just like, yeah, it just sucked. Um, yeah. My letterbox review. I think I gave it. I don't remember if it was two and a half or three stars. And my review was. Austin Butler, Pussy Slay, Tom Hanks, Yeast Infection. <laughs> I think that's the funniest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> Bro, I'm, I'm, really using, I'm really using Letterboxd like it's Twitter now, and I'm loving yes, it. <laughs> as you should. And I, okay, listen, so this is the predicament that I have found my in is that so i deleted twitter i'm twitterless it feels great i feel good i feel great um because it is accessible and it made me feel bad but the one great thing about twitter which is what it should be if it were like regulated more and like there weren't terrible people in the world (laughs) using it and algorithms didn't exist and i could just live in my little bubble with the people i follow then the way that you use Twitter, which is just like saying a little saying short, shit. like yeah. saying shit into the void. Incredible. Great. I ate that shit up. I loved using Twitter. And like I low key, low key. OK, have like a little following of little people that were like, Maisie, I don't want to see anything else you do, but you're a little like little baby tweets. Hilarious. And that Cute. is true. Like. I I would have some just like bangers, but I deleted it because Twitter's bad for my mental health. So I was like, I don't need this. Real. But now I don't have that sort of like outlet of just being able to like, I will think of like little, just like little baby quips that I'm like, yeah. I need to throw this out into the world. I just need someone. To, I, I need to like send this out and then put my phone down, which is what I would do with Twitter is I would like, press tweet and then like mute my phone and like (laughs) put my phone across the room and just like let it let it happen um and for a while and I think this is ideally what I'm going to do because I'm still an avid tumblr daily tumblr user real I I never stopped since what 2012 I think I've been on that (laughs) site and literally I like told myself, I was like, I'll use Tumblr like how I use Twitter, which like a lot of people do that is they they post that way. But I never did. I was never a poster on Tumblr. I was a a reblogger, a curator. And so my problem with this is that no one really knows me on Tumblr which is fine but then when I want to say things like John said this my husband like John said this you know like Shelby just looked at me and did this no one knows who I'm like I'm followers because they're gonna be like who I don't know 
backstory. Yeah, why, why is this happening? What is yeah. happening? Versus like on Twitter, I had people that like maybe never met you before, but they would see my tweets and they'd be like, Macy has this girl, Shelby, that she, she just tweets <laughs> about sometimes. So, like, yeah. I, you know, and so that, that's the predicament I'm in is I either need to just buckle down and uh, do it on Tumblr and just teach my little followers who the people are in my life. Uh, or I think you do have the right idea of using Letterboxd because then it's like, because the platform is like not for that. Yeah. And like, you could really say anything and it makes it 20 times funnier. You know, yeah, like I like just saying like, oh, I had this for dinner or John said this funny. My husband said this hilarious thing earlier, but I like put it under like, I don't know, like a Velvet Underground documentary that I watch. Like, I I just think that's really fun, like a really funny thing to do. (laughs) Like, I think it is very funny. I think personally, Letterboxd is probably... Like, A, most of, like, I have nine followers on Letterboxd, and the most I ever had on Twitter was, like, ten or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to mm-hmm. me, it's, like, very, like, you know, it, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think it is so funny just to, like, insert a funny quip into the middle of a review or just, like, make it the review. And I think you watch yeah. enough movies that it would be really funny because it would be like constant updates of your life as opposed to like every like once a week or something I'd be like update I think you could do it I I think it'd be funny I need to just like in the notes app like every time I have like an intrusive thought that normally I would tweet I would like hold on to them in the notes app and then I will just slowly like with no rhyme or reason like go down the list and each time I watch a movie I plug one in as the review I think that'd be really fun I think this is a really good idea I think it's good like it. um, <laughs> oh my god okay everyone follow me on letterboxd at eerie music thank you yeah we're both big letterbox heads or whatever so follow us um, letterbox head letterbox heads you know uh, but this is Kill the Video Star. We are a podcast about music videos and whatever else we want to talk about. Um, but mostly mm-hmm. music videos because they are the perfect medium. <laughs> perfect media. Every okay, I think this like literally every week, but like for like five days out of the week, I'll be like, oh, maybe I don't even really like music videos. And then like one day I'll just like start watching them. And I'm like, no, no, no. They're perfect. I love them. Wait, They're great. This is a good one. This is good though. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, this one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like every one I watch. I'm like, wait, wait, this one's good though. <laughs> Maybe I was wrong. <laughs> and that happened thing. to me earlier today when I was fi- uh, figuring out what I was going to do. Well, here, here's the thing is not all music videos are good. Not all music videos are good. But all music videos are great. That is what I like work under. Yeah. Like that makes sense to you. Do you get it? Do you get what I'm saying? I think it, it, I think music videos are like, like the highs are so high and the lows are so low that like, 
they are they really are great because yeah they they're like much more drastic in one direction or another than like movies or television where people put like so much of their time and lives into it and it's music videos are like sometimes it's just like off the cuff and it's like fucking amazing or it's fucking terrible we did the episode where we brought like a bad music video yeah and like both of those like are bad music video like they're not or sorry let me phrase that they were both like not good music videos but they were both great music videos <laughs> like they this were so true. Both, like inc- they were incredible <laughs> they were fantastic they were not good they were no, not good but they weren't boring but, like what i hate is something no, when something exactly. is boring and like music videos are so rarely just flat out boring because like it's it's all in three to five minutes you know what I mean like they're so rarely boring that like they're either really good or you know what I mean like there's just like uh, I just love them I don't know yeah Yeah. no I agree with you I think it's just like not even something I think about but like music videos as a medium I feel are like what horror is as a genre where like Yeah. yeah you can get like there are bad horror movies that are yes boring slow like there's reason for them to be bad but like and that's the way it is with music videos too is like a music video is only like really bad if it's like boring if it's not if it's not trying to say something yeah when it like like, doesn't really have a concept and then you're like oh like this is yeah objectively kind of bad yeah like like, i don't want to i never want to watch this again but like there are bad are bad ones that are i will watch it every day if i have to like it's (laughs) so so great so incredible you know as long as like to yeah to me as long as there's like as long as they're like putting their pussy in there then i love it like if they are trying to say something or not even say something but like Uh make a concept happen or like anything like that i'm always like yes okay i love this uh-huh. like let's do this if it's like truly boring you know you're like oh but even sometimes like it's just like a very elegant and simple concept and you're like oh this is really great amazing but like yeah you're right the only bad ones are when they're not trying to yeah. do something and i'm like okay, yeah over it yeah but otherwise i freaking love Agreed. All music videos, I swear to God, they're so good. I swear, I love them. I love them. Oh, that's so let's, we, that's why we started this podcast. So let's get into it. why we're here. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> that's why everyone's here. Also, I wanted to mention um, a couple of my friends have reached out to me to talk about the, um, not necessarily like the format of the episode, because I still, I like our for, our episode format and I think we're sticking to it. Like with the yeah. little um, parts where we intro the video and then I put the noise in and then there's like a little gap. And so if people wanted to watch the video along with us, they can. But some of my friends have reached out and said that they just watch. They like front load the video. So they'll just like watch them before they start the episode. So I just want to say that out loud in case 
anybody is like very irritated with our format, that's a great solution. If you don't want to stop the podcast in the middle, you can just like watch both of them at the top and then still like hear our surprise when we announce them to each other. And like, it's all the same. Anyway, I just thought I'd put that out there. Okay. I've got my little coin up the bottom one and you're number two and I'm number one. We're going to boop. It's number one. Yay. I have this coin rigged. I was going to say, since using this app, I don't think I've gone first once. I really don't think so either. It came up one again. I tried it again. I'm I'm not like mad. I don't care. I literally don't care. So it's fine. Uh, And I support you not caring because I think it's interesting that you are the one that always gets to go first, but whatever. I mean, (laughs) one day when you download your own free dice app, maybe you can go for (laughs) it. No, what? Go, go. Today I brought to you an 80s fucking classic, a band that I love that is near and dear to my heart. We're going to watch Here's for Fears, Sowing the Seeds of Love. <laughs> yes! Yes. Um, yeah, I really don't have anything like profound to say about it. It's just like a great video and a great song. I'm just excited. I love this song. I've never seen the video. Well, you're in for a fucking ride. You're in for a roller coaster of a time. All right. You ready? We're watching Tears for Fears, Sowing the Seeds of Love in three, two, one, hit it. I love it. Mm. This music video is so trippy. I love it so much. It's like it's like six different music videos are happening somewhat congruently. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like huh? <laughs> there's like so so many different little animation there's like a lot of animations and a lot of them are like not connected at all um but i love that i think that is a deliberate choice that they're they're like taking you on a journey yeah it's it's giving sergeant peppers it's giving beatles they knew exactly Mm -hmm. what they were doing Mm -hmm. they knew exactly what they were doing this was like um their third album and like a lot of the Excuse me. A lot of the like reviews and everything of their third album was like very Beatles inspired. Like in this song, they have like a trumpet line that's like, I think mm-hmm. directly from Penny Lane or like very, very Sounds close. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think that's just them embracing their heritage because this is 1989 Britain and they're like, mm-hmm. we, I mean, why can't we be the new Beatles? You know what I mean? Yeah. Why can't we? Um, yeah, I love this. I think my favorite part of this music video is when the girlfriend is falling from the sky and then they're both just like hovering, facing each other. (laughs) Well, they like, they like hover and then they kind of like float up before the camera pans and there's all these other Other young folks. 
floating. I love it. When I, I often say CGI nowadays looks like shit. Like I say that all the way. My husband is so sick of me because every movie we watch, I'm like, this looks like shit. Like, because I'm so <laughs> of like CGI uh, everywhere, no mm-hmm. practical effects or anything. Animation and like effects like hold up like that were done years ago hold up so much better today even if like like this video like if you're looking at it like technically compared to like the animation that you could do today and you know the editing and stuff the cgi technically if you're looking at it technically (laughs) yeah it's, it's very like glitchy it's very like I love the, the part where they're like, all off. they're like digging in the dirt, but it's like yeah. clearly like green screen. And so there's no actual dirt coming out. Brilliant. Love it. But like, so stuff like that, like someone would look at today and, you know, like an animator today would be like, oh, well, we should clean all this up. Like, blah, blah. but like this shit looks so good. Like all of the like paper cutout type of yes and stuff like i think it looks so cool it looks so good well this like like specifically this video i i don't understand like as a person who was not alive in 1989 when this came out like i don't understand if they're trying to make it look good or they're trying to make it look you know like especially the part where they're digging and there's like prairie fucking houses behind them i'm like are you, you're not trying to make this look like you're really there. You're trying to make it look like you're in a painting, right? Because, yeah. like, it's so obvious. Yeah. And, like, there's so many other different types of effects in the video that it wouldn't make sense if they're, like, really trying to make it look realistic because they are, are, there's already a bunch of floating Buddhas. So, like, why would you even try to make anything else look real? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I don't know. I think it's all very much done on purpose. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the little animations when they have the book and they like kind of put the book up and like the little yeah. abstract images start flying around, that is actually colored pencil on real paper um, mm-hmm. animation, which is I think is so cool because there's like some parts that are so computer generated and some parts that are just straight up paper. Um, oh, yeah. It's very, um, I can't remember the name of this like style, but it was like the type of art that, um, was really pop, like really popular in the like early aughts, uh, like twee hipster era, like, um, Panic at the Disco. There's Um, definitely an Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, um, like video in that style i can picture it yes yes um as well as uh uh neutral milk hotel like yeah like style of like animation but it is like it looks like paper cutouts paper dolls that are all moving together and stuff that's definitely what i like i like immediately thought of when i saw this video as i was like god the girls would have been screaming if this came out in 2011 <laughs> like so zoe de chanel would have been the like girl floating yeah on top of, like, that's so true 
These these guys really like hold their own. I had never seen Tears for Fears until like two years ago, maybe. Like I had always listened like this music was just like in my childhood, just like sort of ambiently yeah. for my entire life. And I just want I like watched a video of theirs like two years ago and I was like, these guys a are very cute and B can sing. Wow. So, yeah, they're like little cuties. I love them. Hi. They absolutely would have ruled the indie. I mean, they ruled the 80s, obviously, but they would have oh, also yeah. ruled the 2010s indie scene. They would have ruled the fucking aughts, like twee shit. They would have ruled it all. Oh, like yeah. they're just killing it here. Um, but also, like they sound so good, even to people that don't normally listen to like this type of music like john it like does not like 80s music like there's like certain ones that i'll play that he's like oh i kind of like this one you know but like in general like 80s is probably his like least favorite like era of music and i was i was listening to um the other day Here's for fears. What is the name of the album? That's like black and white. It's their like most well-known album. Like, oh, it's like called uh, like songs from the chair or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Right. Um, Songs from the big chair. Okay. So I was playing, I was playing that album just like in the shower, just, you know, in order, you know, playing the whole album. And like, obviously that album has like, at least like three really well-known like singles on it the whole album is so good and like we were listening to a song that like you know um and he was like who is this like this is really good like what (laughs) what is this like they're so good and they only produced three albums before they split um mm-hmm. this is off of the third album um which is called The Seeds of Love obviously um which the uh I'll hold on he he is a fucking a really difficult to pronounce name um the lead guy with the curly hair is Roland Orzabal okay. um and the other guy with the short hair is Kurt Smith okay um and so like Roland Orzabal kind of like wrote the entire album and then once they broke up Roland got to keep the Tears for Fears name so like anything after this until the year 2000 was just Roland Orzabal Mm -hmm. but he's kind of the brain of the operation anyway so like um and I just love (laughs) him I think he's He's so cute. I also I've never seen anybody sing with their mouth in a square so much. Like he sings and his lips yeah. are fully rectangular. And I'm like, how are you doing this? This is crazy. <laughs> um but in a cute way. Like You're so right. You're so right. I definitely like noticed that, but like kind of didn't like hold on to that in my mind. But as soon as you said it, I like pictured him again and I was like, oh my God. Why does your face He's, look like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's as you as I was watching it, I'm like, I all I know for a fact is that something strange is happening with his mouth. But he's also such a beautiful singer that I'm like, sure, you can do anything you want. Like that whatever feels comfortable for you is what I want you to do, Roland. 
But then you like think about it for like one second. You're like, it's a rectangle. Why? How is he doing this? (laughs) Um, I love this song so much because it kind of reminds me of um, the Talking Heads song. This must be the place, like arguably their biggest Uh song, because Uh when David Byrne was writing that, he was like, oh, I wanted to write a love song, basically. Um, So I just strung together a lot of like sort of loosely related romantic sentences. And and then that was the song. It really doesn't have uh-huh. a story or a meaning beyond that. And whenever I listen to Sowing the Seeds of Love, like it's like they took that concept but made it like almost political, like quote unquote political. Yeah. And they were like, we're just They're gonna like, string these together. Across America version of be the yeah. place. That is yeah. what they were like <laughs> And I like, I do think that it's, um, as someone who also did not grow up in the eighties, um, (laughs) one thing that like, I think is so interesting, especially nowadays where, um, like, like remember in 2020 when, um, like all those celebrities came out with that, what was the, the like song that like video, um that Beatles song that they like uh like sang to as like a encouragement do you know do you remember what I'm talking about what is the song that they did I have oh wait God. I have to th- I, it's so I have vague to think in of my it. head I don't know <laughs> it wasn't like they were singing imagine imagine so it was it was not the Beatles it was John Lennon it was a John Lennon song okay okay, okay. So, but you remember this, right? Like you remember yes. when they like, made this video and everyone just annihilated, like made fun of them so bad. They were like, this yeah. is fuck. Like, get this out of here. Like we're all literally done and you guys are all billionaires. Like get the fuck out of here. And I think it's so interesting, like comparing nowadays, like how much time has gone by and what has changed socially and culturally where like the 80s was like full of shit like that where it's yeah like literally the hands across america thing and like uh, there was um, uh, live aid and what was the there was that song um that all those celebrities got together to sing also but it was like the world world. yeah we are the world like all of this stuff like maybe everyone was like this shit is fucked um but like at least like looking back on it it's at least portrayed that it was taken really positively and like you know was looked at it's like a good thing and comparing like these two eras that like seem really close together you know it's not like oh that was a hundred years ago it's like no like my our parents like were there for that you know yeah. like it was 10 years before we were born like it was not that crazy and same with like this like video and this song like there was also a lot of just like music like this that was like I um, I think this is like, crazy because like this song was not like a protest song but it was like an overtly political song like they mentioned Margaret Thatcher in the lyrics politician granny with your high ideals have you no idea how the majority feels 
Which I think is like she had just been uh, voted in to her third consecutive term in office. Wild. And so they put out this song very closely after that. Or maybe it was, it was like a year after, but it was like related to that. And yeah, and it's like yeah. it they did. It was chart topping, you know what I mean? Like this is a pop rock band doing a political song that was like a number one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do think that's crazy. Like, but they had it's also so like interesting. They had already like built this whole like not at all political fa- like fame. Yeah. And so when they decided to drop like a little dig at Margaret Thatcher, it like kind of wasn't an issue, I guess. Yeah. But like I some I feel like we spend a lot of time like trying to compare it to like what's happening now, but I really like what what would be like a like a parallel right now, like to a pop like a pop rock band being political. Like I don't know. We don't really have any pop rock bands like oh. that I can think of. If Vampire Weekend suddenly dropped like an anti-Trump song, yeah. I guess that would make sense. Actually, you know, like that would kind of yeah make sense to me. Um, like I don't think we should compare genre necessarily. We should be comparing popularity. So like Vampire Weekend's like really popular, but they're not like a top forty band. Like you're not going to necessarily today like turn on the radio and like Vampire Weekend's going to be on. Versus like at this time period in the eighties, you could like theoretically turn on the radio at any time and a tears for fears song would be on i know i think i need to stop like trying to compare things to current day because i just do not have a great handle on like who's in the top 40 and like what to compare it it to like i also think things have just like changed so drastically um especially in the last like 10 years when it comes to like how like this is such a larger conversation obviously but like that has really affected the fact that like like the weekend is like the number one artist on spotify and to me that is like kind of crazy like i love the weekend but like you're telling me the weekend has more plays than like beyonce or like Taylor Swift, like that's kind of that crazy to me. Crazy, you know? yeah. And so it's one of those things where it's like it's almost incomparable because there are so many different ways to compare, like to to consume music. And there's so many. It's so much more accessible to both listening to music and like putting your own music out there. So you have these artists that will like suddenly blow up with like a one hit wonder because they just put it on TikTok. You. Know? Or yeah. or yeah, you have like a star like Taylor Swift that is like, you know, supposedly like the number one, you know, like most well-known artist in the world. Um, but like it's the weekend. And I think number two is Ariana Grande for like highest like listeners. Like plays, yeah. Yeah. It seems crazy. It seems crazy. Um, it's just on I one don't know. Left, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so it's just really interesting the way that culture has changed and the way that like we understand who musicians are nowadays. I feel like yeah. there's like so much debate nowadays about like whether 
celebrities should even be political sometimes. Or like somebody will do something political and they're like, oh my God, like that's crazy. Like whatever. Da, 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 also, da. And it's like, where have you been? It's like <laughs> so literally, literally, I'm always like, where have you like literally look at any of like your like the people that are like making comments like that are like wearing like t-shirt and I'm like what read the like the call is coming from inside the house, the house like yeah. come on <laughs> yeah um anyway this music video is uh <laughs> was directed by Jim Blashfield um oh yeah Jim oh yeah Jim good job um Sometimes I'm looking at these like Wikipedia articles for the music video directors and I'm always like, surely you're also a barista because you've directed 10 music videos Uh and um, 10 short films. So like, Uh how are you making money, sir? Um, But he did like in his like only 10 music videos, he did some really interesting ones he did a talking heads video was his first music video ever um he did a Joni mitchell music video which i didn't even know she had them to be honest i went and looked at her page after this and they're not listed on her page um so i'll have to do some more digging yeah um he did one for paul simon he did one for peter gabriel and kate bush he did a michael jackson one and this one and i'm just like kind of just hits like kind of you know selective but a good selection like yeah you don't need variety when they're all bangers yeah maybe this is like his side hustle that he like does for fun and so like he only comes out when he has like a really good idea for like a very specific artist and then the rest of the time the rest of the time, he ha- he's like a trust fund kid, and it's just like hanging out. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> um, that would be awesome. Actually, he also like does like aluminum sculptures, so like he's just like doing stuff. Um, he has won. He Jim Blashfield has won uh, three MTV awards and has been nominated seventeen times, which I think is. Cr- Easy, like good for him again just like all hits okay Um, sowing the seeds of love the video oops monday won two of his three mtv music video awards it won for best breakthrough video and best special effects which i think are both like legit and cool yeah yes i agree um so yeah, just like I feel like we need an episode where we're just like talking about the origins of the MTV Music Video Awards because we talk about them on every episode. I'm so down. We've only done one supplemental episode. We should do a supplemental episode that's just a history of the MTV Music Video yes. Awards. That would I be so much fun. Great, that's a great yeah. idea. Okay, love that. All right, well, love let's put that on the number. list. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, Song the Seeds of Love, just like an incredible song and video. We love her. That was very fun. I forgot how much I love that song. I do really love that song. Um, and thank you for showing me the video because I've never seen it. I've never seen a single Tears for Fears video. So now I'm like, I got to go. Now that you know that they're little cuties, 
you gotta go you gotta go check them out i also definitely like appreciate this song a lot more when i think about it in the context of the talking heads this must be the place because at first i was like yeah this is a lot of like conceptual sentences that are just kind of strung together and now i'm like dude it's a lot of conceptual sentences strung together uh-huh uh-huh i, I get love it. it i'm with you yeah. I, I get it I i'm get with it you i totally get it but... <laughs> okay i need to real quickly you're, you're just gonna have to cut this out or don't i don't care the people can know i need to go yell at john to start making dinner before <laughs> okay. oh he heard me okay so we can get into it now done, he heard yeah me. okay thank you okay ladies and gentlemen I have been busy and tired and behind on my planner upkeep. So when I needed to pick a video for today, I was like, I need something easy, something the girls are just going to love and eat, clean their plates with. Yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not going to. It's going to be low effort. It's going to be <laughs> it's just going to be a romp. And we're just going to hang. We're going to hang. I have like a little information, but like it's going to be pretty self-explanatory. Today we're going to be watching Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. My God, I actually did think about this video recently and I was like, maybe I should do that one. Wow. We're getting closer and closer. We're circling each other. Okay. With this, with these videos. Literally. You literally said, like, we're doing a classic MTV. uh, (laughs) Yeah, this is the most classic. Oh, no. Like, we're fucked. (laughs) We're fucked. I definitely, like, when I think of, like, the MTV of my childhood, this video is, like, on a lot. And at the time, I was Mm -hmm. like, God, what is this? Because I was, like, you know, six (laughs) years old or whatever. Like, ew, it's Ugh. dirty. It smells Ugh. gross. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now you're like, I get it. I get now it. Now I'm like, yeah. yay, it smells. It smells. It's gross. Yes. Again, just like opinions change. You know what I mean? Ugh, I love it. <laughs> People grow. Okay. People grow. I do. I love that concept. People can grow. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about like the concept of how like people can grow and people can change and like people, people aren't stagnant. Okay. People aren't stagnant. And I, you know, like I've just been doing a lot of philosophizing on that. I've been mulling it over recently. Like you wouldn't fucking believe. Okay, let's let's watch this shit. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right, we're watching Nirvana smells like teen spirit in three, two, one, hit it. Ugh. I love them. They are all so cute. They are 
so little and cute. And I, this just really took me back to the way I used to use the internet, which was searching for young pictures of Dave Grohl everywhere I could. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Remember when we saw Dave Grohl together last year? Do I ever? He rocked it too. He's he's doing great. <laughs> he's good. He's great. Um, yeah. So everyone who's tuning in for the first time, that was "Smells Like Teen Spirit" by Nirvana. Um, <laughs> oh, we're we're a radio show now. <laughs> so this video came out in 1991. It was directed by Samuel Bayer. This was his first music video that he ever directed. Um, I I don't know if this is true or not, but like um, basically he has said that he thinks one of the main reasons that Kurt Cobain picked him um, was because he thought like, oh, this guy's unexperienced. He will actually like let us mm. do whatever the fuck we want for the video, um, which like. Is basically what happened, but like, who who knows? I mean, maybe he would have done it anyway. So like, who knows? But um, <laughs> this is what I am like most fascinated about uh, with this video and with this director, because this is his first video. Like, we'll we'll talk about Nirvana. We'll talk about the video. We'll talk about the rest of it. Yeah. But like, I want to take a moment. So this is his first video that he ever did, and like, if you look through his filmography. Most of what he's doing is band like 90s bands of the same ilk. So Suicidal Tendencies, Jesus and Mary Chain, Garbage. Um, Ooh, that's cool. Great, great, great. He also did a couple Cranberries videos, including Ooh. the video for Zombie. So, okay, we got at least two classics under our belt. Okay, Sam. Okay, Sammy. okay, Slay. But artist that we see is he does a video for Robbie Robertson whoa really a solo the, Robbie Robertson friend of the podcast Robbie <laughs> Robertson <laughs> yeah his, Our, my his, Robbie Robertson my bestie Robbie Robertson his solo career which I have not listened to any of his solo stuff so like I can't speak to it I need like after like looking into some of this stuff i was like oh shit i need to actually i need to listen to a solo stuff yeah um, it was it was the song at the video is for that our, our friend sammy here did is it's like something something go back to the woods <laughs> some, something like that um yeah. so if you find a song named uh similarly to that that is the one that sam <laughs> that's the one yeah uh, that's the one um to no surprise, after watching this video, it was no it was no surprise to me. And then, as I scroll down, Sam has also done from what I saw was two. It could be more, but two My Chemical Romance videos, including the Black Parade and Famous Last Words. Wow! Oh my God. And this was his first cool. video. That's actually crazy. This is his first video. And then he goes on and there were several other uh, movies 
that were like in his filmography. So everyone go check that out. Unfortunately, I did notice a lot of the movies he was like credited for actually ended up being productions that were canceled. And <laughs> which I think is interesting. I'm like, yeah, oh, this is really interesting that it like it got far enough that like there's a Wikipedia like it's on it's listed here. But like it didn't come to fruition. And I didn't look into that because I looked into these particular details right before we started recording. So <laughs> there's yeah. that. Um, but the movie that stood out to me that then distracted me from the rest of his list <laughs> is yeah. that he directed the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, the Platinum Dunes remake, which we brought up last week because the director of your video directed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and the uh friday the 13th remake that are all under the same production like production oh, like yeah. platinum, platinum dunes is like the production company that did all of these like remakes um it's like owned by like platinum dunes i believe it's ran by it's like michael bay and like two other really well known like like actors uh i believe own platinum dunes and they like popped out a bunch of these remakes including <laughs> the nightmare on elm street remake directed by samuel bayer which is a dog shit movie that is a bad that's a bad remake um and i'm mad at it i'm mad that this is not a horror or nightmare on elm street exclusive podcast but i am very passionate about the fact mm-hmm. that it is well known in the like the culture, like in the zeitgeist, everyone likes to say like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, he was a child murderer and child molester. And it is not until the remake that it is confirmed that he's a child molester. And I big, big qualms with that. Big qualms with any of that. Uh, and so, so that our guy adds, Sam think, made that up. The director of this video our, made our that guy up. Sam made that up because in the original, it's like speculated, but it's like from an unreliable source because it's from like the parents mm. that killed him, and they were like, "Well, we thought maybe he was doing this, and so we killed him." And it's like never proven. And so that's why one of that's one of the reasons that these films are like so fun because you're like, yeah, like, I mean, it sucks. He's like a killer. Like, <laughs> it's a horror movie. Come on. Yeah. Well, like it if he were a child killer and child molester, have fun with it anymore. Then it's like, oh, that's crossing a line where it's like not fun. Yeah. And like it. <laughs> You can't even pretend to maybe possibly like follow this guy's story without like just hatred. Yeah, exactly. And I just think I am clearly very passionate about this, that I have completely like co-opted the podcast to talk about, to get on my platform to talk about this. I'm very passionate about it. Um, I I appreciate passion. Fucking. I mean, granted, I don't know if Sam wrote the remake and so maybe that was not his doing his but he was choice. directly involved in the propaganda that freddy krueger is a child molester 
and I will not stand for that. You are innocent until proven guilty. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> are you okay with Love that? It. Are you okay with that? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, like, I'm just along for the ride when it comes to like horror movie remakes. Like, occasionally I'll throw you a bone because I'll be like, hey, this guy directed it. What do you think about that? But like, that's all I have. <laughs> no, listen, this is literally your fault. Like, you signed this. And this is what you're going to get. So sorry, everyone involved. I guess you are the editor. Like you could literally edit all. You could just cut all this out. You'd be like, no, but I I don't have that kind of time. (laughs) I'm going to speak my truth. Um, Okay. So talking about the actual video, uh, as I said, it came out in 1991. Um, I found a little like ad that was posted for the video that I will post on the Instagram when the time comes. But basically it was an ad put out that was like needed 18 to 25 year olds. Like if you want to be in a Nirvana video, come on out to the show and get in it. Um, Dress as a high school persona, (laughs) i.e. punks, nerds cheerleaders etc and i think this is really interesting i mean i love that in general but i think it's really interesting because then you watch this video and like i don't know what they expected a bunch of like punk i i don't know what they expected from a bunch of like punk and grunge nirvana fans but clearly Everyone that showed up for this video, no one wanted to dress up as a prep or a nerd. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck this shit. I'm wearing my own clothes. And so I think that's hilarious. Like, I love that. Then you just have this like, like, and stand full of kids that are all dressed exactly like, yeah, uh, like they're just here for a Nirvana show. Like, I think that's so fun. Um at the end of the video, they actually did like destroy the set because apparently they like all these kids wanted to be a part of this music video. And they're all, of course, they're like 18 to 25 years old. So they're like young and bored. And yeah. so they're in this, they want to be in this video. But like, if you're a kid, you don't understand that shooting for a music video takes like hours and hours and of just like. <laughs> sitting there and like they have to do the song and then they reset and they do it from a different angle and then they reset oh let's do another one and then they reset and like hours of that and so then finally at the end when they were like all right guys like get up and like dance then kurt went to uh a production people and they were like hey like can these kids mosh can i like tell them it's cool to do this and like i don't think the like executives understood <laughs> like what he was asking because they were like oh yeah mosh dance yeah go tell them to go do it so then yeah. this whole like ending part where it's them literally like climbing on the basketball hoops and like tearing <laughs> apart like tearing down the bleachers and stuff is because they were like oh, fuck, we can finally get up and we're going to mosh in this Nirvana music video. Fuck y'all. And and just, like, they did it. And then they also, like, destroyed the set. (laughs) Amazing. I love that. I love it. I love it. I I love it. I think I saw 
the little thing that says like they want you to come to the show or whatever. And I think uh-huh. it's so funny because it says no clothing with name brands or logos, please. Yeah. Even though there's like a really obvious dude like in the beginning of the video who's wearing a bad brain shirt. And you're just like, yeah, that's just full. That's just a full logo. <laughs> okay. They, I guarantee you, no one on that set knew who Bad Brains were. They were like, oh, yeah, come on yeah. in. That's a, a funny bad shirt. Brain. Yeah. Did you That's make funny. that at home? That's oh, my good. God, it's so cute. I love it. Yeah. I also, the other thing I noticed about this video is that we literally do not have a shot that is just Chris Novoselic until, like, literally three-fourths of the way through like i literally was thinking about that while like watching it this time is i was like oh my god kurt you're so cute oh my god you're so cute you're so cute oh my god you're so cute and then i'm like and where's then chris <laughs> I, I like see like the wide shot and i'm like oh my god i love chris Novoselic. like okay and then we're like over halfway through the video and i was like Wait, I want to see his face. <laughs> like, yeah, where's like, his what? face? Just and like, hit, like a full head. body shot, like yeah. or anything. Because like, mostly their faces are obscured. Like, there's hair in front of. Yeah. Maybe that's why they didn't show Chris. Because like, the vibe was like hair in front of your face. We're not seeing anybody's face, and his hair wasn't cover faceable. I don't know. Yeah, I just like it. Just it's seems just like a weird. Oh, yeah. It seemed like an omission. Yeah, I uh I did notice that. I did um I think I thought of it more as like uh like Kurt is clearly singing, so you're gonna like see more of him. And then like um Dave is like like he his drumming is so like this drum kit in this video is like very well known among drummers like apparently this set is like a big i don't know i don't know how i'm not a drummer i don't know drum history but like um, i don't know drum history (laughs) yeah like i think i think just like his drumming in this video is like really well known the kit's really well known and stuff and so like and that's like that's like as someone who like i know nothing about musicianship and i don't care about types of guitars and i don't care about any you know like i don't know any of that kind of stuff but even i going into it knew that there was like lore like if i were into drumming i'd be like there's lore about dave Grohl in the nirvana video and stuff whereas like i don't think like i don't know anything like that that like exists about chris novoselic um and so i think maybe that was like a thing that helped kind of helped me like not think of it as like a negative thing like not as an omission but as just kind of a like oh well yeah of course you see more of dave because of whatever reason i don't know but i do agree like you do miss him i miss him i do as well sorry i just got so distracted <laughs> because you were talking about how dave girls it is like iconic in this yeah and so i like was looking in the music video and i realized that it has chaka yeah on the front of it uh-huh and i was like what <laughs> like what is 
What is that? Wait, who is she? What does that mean? See, there's like lore that I didn't have time. I didn't look Um, into it. Apparently. Well, okay. I just went on like a whole roller coaster because I was like, maybe it's Chaka Khan. It's not. (laughs) Like, just to be clear, it's not related to Chaka Khan. But apparently, like, um, there's a graffiti artist who that was like his tag chaka he would like spray it everywhere and on his way to set dave saw one of his tags and was like yeah it looks cool i'll just put that on my drum kit which is the stupidest fucking it's like the stupidest fucking lore because dave was just like it's stupid i'll just take that artist tag and use it for this video it's it's stupid but I'm going to I'm going to give an argument and I'm also going to give this argument as someone who like. I like we have friends that tag and like but but like I'm not like in the tagging graffiti community. community. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I, I don't rules. I have heard of some rules through our friends that like do tagging and stuff. Um, But that's mostly just like to keep an on a minute. Anonymity <laughs> um, and such. So, like, I might say something that someone listening might be like, "That's fucking stupid." That's fair. That's totally fair, fair. enough. But like, like, think about like, okay, what if I were a drummer in like Nashville, and I'm like, I'm on my way to set, and I have this just like plain like white drum, and I'm on my way to like shoot a music video or whatever, and like, I love that I am from nashville live in nashville we're nashville nashville people nashville nashville and i'm walking and i see uh just like bus stop like spray painted on the side like and you'd be like that looks pretty sick i feel like i would be like in a spit like especially if i like knew the taggers i would be like yeah fuck yeah i don't i don't want a white drum kit like throw the throw the shit on there like maybe there maybe that's some just like hometown shit that like i don't even like you know what i mean maybe i also like wonder if like that could definitely be it too (laughs) (laughs) um i just i think it's stupid in the way that like i know people who would do this like i would probably do this but i do think it's like stupid i think it's like kind of um anarchy-esque to like not put your bands to not put just nirvana on there they're like no like we're gonna fucking spice this shit up we're gonna put something else on you know what i mean i feel like it's there's like a i don't know something isn't wasn't this like their first big video and so maybe he just like didn't have a nirvana fucking stencil you know (laughs) like (laughs) By the standards of a quick Google search, yes, I believe this was their first like big music video. Woo! That's awesome. This is such a good video. I so good. <sighs> yeah, I. You see Dave Grohl jump, drumming with the long hair, and you're just like, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 
Nice. We're so back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're mm-hmm. so back. Like, we're so back. Um, we're so back. I love it. The first comment on this video is uh, somebody who's reading Dave Grohl's book. And he said that uh, Dave Grohl and Kurt stayed up all night in a cheap hotel waiting for MTV to debut this video. And when it finally aired, they knew they made it. I was like, that's that doesn't seem like usually stories about Kurt Cobain aren't quite so heartwarming. So it seems a little suspicious, but like, I like it. It's cute. I don't think that's true. I think the like larger media the media, uh, the lib <laughs> media to, that we keep talking about, <laughs> the liberal media um, likes to, but like, but like, I think it was pretty well known to his like cohort, like his people, like knowing, like, yeah, he was like a deeply like sad person, but like mm. he was also like a deeply like caring and loving, and like, f- like he was a fun person to be around and. You know, I think especially for the time, like, I think it's very different nowadays, the way we talk about like mental health and stuff. And obviously his drug that also added darker shades <laughs> to yeah. like the way he was perceived. Um, Cause even still now, like um, when, when I first really got into like grunge as a whole, like um, outside of, nirvana i remember like pretty casually just being like oh yeah like i really like alice in chains like to my mom or something and then my mom immediately was like well kurt cobain died because he was blah 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 and it's like part of like that sucks <laughs> like that really sucks yeah. that you that. but also it's like yeah like if that happened today like you think about uh like Mac Miller dying. Like people don't think about Mac Miller in that light of like, oh, he was a drug addict and he was so sad and you know, like Yeah. Yeah, he, he was using drugs and he was a really sad person, but like people think of him as like, no, he was like a loving, like really fun guy to be around, you know, like he and Ariana Grande, even though they broke up, like we're still like pretty close to each other, you know, like stuff yeah. like that. I think like I think just like the way that we talk about things and the way we kind of let the media take over narratives is very different from how it used to be. And so yeah. I don't know. I think you're right. I think you're I think I've definitely I've definitely heard like other People saying like like really trying to like change the narrative around Kurt Cobain because it is so riddled with like especially when you get like like it's like a really like bad drug <laughs> to be using you know and so yeah. it's just the factor that it was that drug instead of a different drug or like the fact that you know. Courtney Love, God, I love her music, but like he happens to be a piece of shit. And like all the conspiracy <laughs> that was around all of this stuff, like really put control of the way everyone perceived the situation. Yeah. 
I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah. When, when you leave early, other people get to change your narrative. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happened to Kurt Cobain. It's like, yeah. everybody got to say, oh, he was like this or, oh, he was like that. Because he was yeah. really reclusive and uh, yeah, obviously had a drug problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah. God, I love them. I love Nirvana. There's Loves like my this, life. There's like this like uh insidious thing when like people who really don't want to be that famous get really, really famous. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I think we talked about this many episodes ago about Maddie Healy, how he ha- has said his whole life like he really didn't want to be this famous. Like he wanted to be like yeah. making music and like having a good time. Yeah. But like this amount of fame is like actually really detrimental and he doesn't like it at all. Um, Yeah. yeah. And it's like kind of insidious because it's, it's you're, you're as a, a viewer of it, you're like, Oh yeah. Like they're smart. They shouldn't have been this famous. Like they know what's happening to them. And so that means that they're sensitive and I can like, relate to it but that makes them more famous because everybody's like oh my god that's so relatable i wouldn't want that to happen to me either anyway i'm gonna listen to your song 10 more times yeah and yeah that's what happened to kurt (laughs) yeah it's something a lot about when it comes to mitski because mitski is like very famously reclusive and um also very famously in the last few years has like it's so sad seeing the way a lot of her fans treat her um when like she's so like openly been like please do not like basically cat call me while i'm on stage and please don't you know like it she again she's reclusive she doesn't want to you know the only reason she like she's for fans like she's not on stage because she's like once to be in the limelight or anything like she just wants yeah. to make music you know fans and so like every couple of years she's like okay i'll do a tour and then every couple of years she says just kind of like hey like how about you put your phone down and then all of her 13 year old fans are like freaking out you know yeah and um i don't know i it's happened yet or if it's still gonna happen but she at least was gonna play the ryman and john and i were like oh shit like we should go to the ryman and see mitski like that would be incredible yeah. um but even with that like there's a little part of me that's like god she doesn't want to be there like she doesn't uh, yeah she doesn't want me there like i don't i don't want to ah uh, what do i do <laughs> like yeah i want to give her yeah. my money but i want her to feel safe and loved <laughs> like <laughs> Wait, what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what the answer is. There really are actually a lot more, like, as we sit here, I think of, like, other artists that, now that I think about it, have, like, been very open about how they're, like, I don't like performing. Like, Ethel Kane um, does not like touring and does not like performing. Um, But they have also been, like, open about how they're, like, not my like this for my fans also that's how you make a lot of your money in yeah. like a streaming yeah. you know like i mean i i think ethel kane 
is like like upper tier indie artists you know like that i think they're doing fine when it comes to like sales and stuff but like that is true though like you're in a streaming age like if you're an artist like most of your money's coming from touring and so if you don't tour that's like a huge part of your revenue stream that you don't make Uh, it's kind of this like you know, you want to have enough money to make another album, you might want to go tour. Like, yeah, you have to tour or yeah. you have to play every festival known to man or yeah. figure out a residency or something. Like, you have to yeah. perform in some capacity if you want to make enough money. But then, yeah. like, touring itself is really expensive. You have to pay, like, transport and people yeah. and gear and everything. I don't know, man. Being a musician sounds hard, and I'm glad that I just do this I podcast with you. <laughs> I'm like, God, I'm so glad that, like, I don't have it in me to, like, I like, I don't have this, like, deep desire to, like, make music, you know, and share it. Like, I like music. Every once in a while, I'm like, man, maybe I should get my hands on a saxophone because that's the only instrument I know how to play. So I'm like, maybe I should start playing again. But other than that, I'm not, like, you know, our friends that are musicians that are like out here trying to do it, you know, I'm like, no, I, I no- think both you and me, if we like played an instrument and wanted to play, we would be in bar bands. We would not be oh, touring yeah. musicians. You and me would be playing country covers <laughs> and, yeah, and nothing literally. else. <laughs> uh, all right. Any last uh, thoughts, words, feelings, questions, comments about Smells Like Teen Spirit? No, there's definitely more information that you can like look into that I simply did not have time to take notes on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, they- there's so much lore. This is the most like yeah. fucking mythologized music video yeah. ever, and we just don't have time. Like, we don't have time, and especially, I think I forgot to say this at the top of this like section for this video, but like, um, I. Or we, we will get more into like, uh, Kurtz and Nirvana as a whole and, um, the metaphors that they use and stuff like that in maybe like a later video. I like specifically chose this video because it's like pretty self-explanatory on your first little run through and it's just fun and stuff. Definitely. Eventually, like I really want to do heart-shaped boxed eventually um mm-hmm. and it'll be like there will be a lot more to unpack but like this is just not the episode for that <laughs> uh, i mean we are busy people and sometimes you get a more in-depth episode and sometimes you get a little light cutie you know that's just Listen, the way it goes i'm tired <laughs> Hungry, even tired and hungry. hungry. I'm tired. I haven't even opened. I have a PBR sitting next to me, and I haven't opened it yet because I'm not done with my kombucha. Oh my god, I'm still spiraling after watching Elvis earlier. So, <laughs> I mean, it's You're just so good. <laughs> just like it's it's not even again like Austin Butler is so good and after we're done here I'm gonna watch the new Masters of the Air which is also an Austin Butler vehicle yes Uh, love it I don't remember where I was going with that I'm spiraling 
I have to go to bed, actually. Let's end this shit. Let's get out of here. Um, thank you for potting with me today. Do you have any plugs? Um, I got no plugs. Uh, just follow me on everything. I do be doing stuff a lot of the time, but I don't remember <laughs> what they are at the moment. Um, Cute. that's at eerie music, E E R I E M U S I C K. Uh, yeah. Follow Macy on Letterboxd. Follow um, me on Letterboxd. Let's see. What, it's, yeah. it's the new when Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> when you're when you're talking about your like plugs and your ads and whatever, um, your your ads, your handle. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up um, so I can announce to everyone what how many movies I've watched this year so far as of February nineteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, and this will be like even more relevant when you start doing Twitter esque captions or reviews or yes. whatever. Um, follow me at nevermind Shelby. Um, traditional spelling, nevermind, like the Nirvana album that smells like Teen Spirit is on. Um, follow me on Letterboxd. I'm also gonna be tweeting on Letterboxd. Yes, <laughs> I love this. This is the new era. Um I have era. watched 40 I've watched 47 movies this year so far. So 47. Woo. That's- let me look seven at my... times I could have tweeted. And you missed up op- 47 missed opportunities as of today. Yeah. Let me look at my number here. I think uh wait, how do you even see that? Go to your profile. Going to my and then profile. scroll all the way to the bottom. Oh. And there's little st- little numbers. I've seen 14 films this year. Um okay. and I've probably put a quote unquote review on like six of them. So keep, keep up with me. You know what? Yeah. Keep up here. Oh my God. I should have put a review. I watched the Star Star Trek four, which is the movie where William Shatner and the crew goes back from the future to stop. Oh my God. Hold on. Wait, I'm sorry. Give me like, Five seconds to explain this film because I think it's so funny. Okay. William Shatner and the crew. They're coming back to Earth from an adventure. Okay. A huge cylinder is also approaching Earth. The cylinder is making, what is it? Whale calls. Whale calls of the blue whale. And so on the Enterprise, they're like, oh my God, it's going to destroy the Earth if we can't communicate with it. And blue whales went extinct in the early 2000s. And so they time warp back to 1980s San Francisco. They steal blue whales out of the aquarium, transport them back to the future in the 24th century so that the blue whales can tell the cylinder that Earth is actually cool and it doesn't need to be destroyed. (laughs) I love that so much. It's giving Doctor Who it's yes. giving like i love it i love it it's so funny and I, it's so fucking funny because it's bookended by like completely serious star yeah. trek like real like aliens are you know civilizations and we're communicating with them and then just in the middle it's like and they're like walking around and they're like we don't know how to use cash we don't know what a city bus is like it's like shenanigan after shenanigan in uh-huh. the 80s Please oh watch this. It's so good. <laughs> you, yeah. Send me 
the information I need to know about that episode, like the name of it and such. And that will be the first Star Trek episode I ever watch. It's a full movie. It's a full movie. And it will just drop you into the series in the middle because it's like it's like takes place after the original series, but with the original series cast. But I'm just going to send it to you anyway. I think I just think you should watch it. Okay. I think that's what, that I, was my plug. I, think I think that's what I need to do to get into Star Trek is I need like one random hoot nanny. Hoot and nanny. then with that, then I go back to the beginning because I'll be like working towards the hoot nanny. You absolutely should. OK, I'm going to send it to you. Um, it's okay, perfect. Half. that was my main plug is you should watch um star trek for i don't remember what the subtitle is but it's the star trek for that's my plug um also follow me okay we love you guys <laughs> okay bye bye everyone bye, bye.